Hi, and welcome to the Vancouver Life Podcast. This podcast is created to answer the most talked about questions when it comes to navigating the Vancouver real estate market. I'm your host, Dan Wartell, a licensed agent and accredited real estate investment advisor based here in Vancouver, and I'm joined by my co-host, Ryan Dash. Hi, Dan. I'm also a local realtor, an exhausted father of two, husband of one, and really happy to be here. Let's get right into today's episode. Today on the Vancouver Life Real Estate Podcast, we are discussing the Broadway Line SkyTrain uh, extension line and uh, basically the impacts that it's going to have on real estate. Yeah, a lot of uh, clients that we have um, often ask about you know, is there a benefit to buying near uh, light rapid transit uh, SkyTrain stations? And and naturally, yes, there is. But but what does that benefit mean? And how does it look like? And and how do we quantify it? Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think Dan and I we're going to use the uh, Broadway line as uh, obviously it's a very relevant topic, um, but also it helps uh, I think a lot of our listeners understand sort of why there's value around light rapid transit and why it's such a big deal. So this, the Broadway subway project, uh, it's about five and a half, uh, almost six kilometers, mm-hmm. um, of the millennium line. And it starts over at the uh, Vancouver community college there, uh, kind of the Clark station area. Yep. There's going to be, I believe six stops along the way, um, basically going directly to the West, mm-hmm. uh, ending up at Arbutus street. That's right. Uh, those six underground stops, anyhow, um, the proposed ones, uh, great Northern way, there's going to be one on main street. Um, and then it connects up, uh, Broadway, uh, city hall station, uh, a stop at Oak street, Granville street, and then on to Arbutus. And yeah, this, this, um, the, the demand for this line seems to be pretty, uh, huge, let's just say, oh, right. Yeah. I mean, they, they're expecting really, really substantial volumes on this one. Uh, so much so it's targeted to, um, you know, at, at opening move about 140,000 people per day. Yeah. That's incredible. Cause right now, um, the 99 B line sees an average of about 57,000 boardings daily, which Actually, just hearing that number alone blows my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you consider the fact that on opening day, they're anticipating three times that volume, holy cow, mm-hmm. uh, certainly sounds like there's uh, a demand for this. Yes. And of course, not an inexpensive project uh, <laughs> to, to go that five and a half kilometers. Uh, project cost estimated at $2.8 billion. Yes. yes. And we are getting substantial help from the provincial government. Uh, $1.8 of that's coming from the, the provincial government. Yeah, followed by another $888 million by the federal government. And not, not to kind of poke holes in a sale, but uh, Vancouver's providing $100 million. <laughs> uh, Oh, sorry, like and, and their, their city-owned land for the subway stations. Well, that's the important that's the part. part. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. And, and it is important to note, too, that this project is funded. Right. Yeah. So here yeah. we go. It, it is going it's to planned. go forward. Yeah. Uh, this is well beyond the planning stages. This is obviously, you know, now funded and uh, ready to start construction. Now I heard, um, and th- this is again, not something I can um, more or less put in fact, but something that I heard was that um, when the announcement for um, the Broadway line was, was made, 
they actually the city actually froze redevelopment along the Broadway corridor, and that was to stop a lot of speculation um, that we often see that happens as a result of these kinds of announcements. Right. That's it. A lot of people they know how much transit and, and especially uh, terminal stations yeah. can affect real estate values. So often uh, when people or when announcements like this are made, like you said, speculators will jump in and they'll jump in hard, right? Yeah. Because uh, you know if you're going to see a 10, 20, 30, 40 percent lift yep. because suddenly there's going to be a station there, of course you want to jump on that. Now, the key word, like you said, is speculation, mm-hmm. right? Because we've also seen plans or projects like this get announced and then maybe there's a, a change in uh, in local government right. and maybe they don't <laughs> yeah. agree with that project and suddenly it is torpedoed. Or they get mandated to change it, one of the two. And sure. I, I mean, uh, a good example of that was... Um, uh, the bridge that was supposed to be built instead of the tunnel mm-hmm. uh, that connects Ladner and uh, Tawasin to the rest of the world. Um, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, it, it's interesting because if you look at Polygon, for example, um, they made a really big play over on the other side of, um, of the tunnel there with, I think, the plan that that bridge was going to get built by the liberals, but then the NDP got into power, kiboshed that program, and uh, their their plan to build out got extended, right? It took a lot longer to make those sales and a, a lot lower numbers. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to make money or that your area will necessarily improve because the announcement alone isn't enough. Mm-hmm. That's right. And again, to kind of touch on demand here, uh, there was a recent study that looked and, and tracked how people do, in fact, get to work. And uh, in Vancouver, ends up that uh, it's about 59% of people are currently driving to work. Oh. So a big number. And uh, about 11% of people are actually carpooling with those people that are driving. With so, masks, of course. Yes, all day long. <laughs> so, you know, you're upwards of about 70 people that are driving. but 70%. 70%, excuse me, yeah. And then transit... Uh, about 20.4% of people are using mass transit. So one in five, hmm. one in five. And, and uh, obviously the more accessible and, and the more transit that is available, we might even see that, that number increase. Well, and here's why it matters. Cause um, one in five of those people, whether you're the homeowner or not, um, there's a, I would be willing to bet a large percentage of those people are renting. And that's why for uh, not just home buyers, but also for investors, uh, this information is is very, very interesting. Um, a lot of it we're actually getting from uh, the Real Estate Network, um, sorry, RAIN, Real Estate Intelligence Network. Um, but some of the data that we, we're seeing here is, is very interesting. Um, you know, typically when you get increased transportation, you increase accessibility. Then as a result of that accessibility, uh, population grows and then demand for uh, the areas increase. Um, vacancies then go down and purchase prices eventually go up. And the same exists for rent. Mm-hmm. Right? It's very important to note that there, the studies have all really identified the fact that um, around a transit hub, the sort of magic number is 800 meters, mm-hmm. right? So if there's a property that's within 800 meters of a major transit stop, uh, that's where sort of all of this data that we're going to share with you comes into play. And the reason for that is because 800 meters equals about 10 minutes or less walking time, Yeah, right? People right. are okay to walk 10 minutes to get to a SkyTrain or, um, you know, other other rapid transit. Totally. And that, that premium um, has, uh, you know, like, like Dan said, it, it's somewhere between 10 and 20%, but depending on the, the area, depending on the product, um, 
and so on and so forth, the range can be almost as high as 40% too mm-hmm. um, in oh, some areas. Oh, and one, one quick thing to mention here too that's of value because uh, it just happened for a client of mine. He was looking at two different properties. Uh, one was very close to transit and one was very far from transit. Okay. And when he selected the one uh, that was closer to transit, the bank was very happy to hear that. Interesting. Banks, uh, and this is for a primary residence, but mm. you know, especially obviously for investment properties, if a bank finds out that you are buying closer to uh, rapid transit or mass transit, they're going to be favorable in their lending practices. To Interesting. You, so, yeah. I, I guess the risk is just much less, right, ultimately for the bank. Yeah, that's it. They know that there's going to be more demand on that product should it end up in their Hands. hands yeah because <laughs> they're gonna have to sell it you know so they're, they're gonna they've done their due diligence as well and they just recognize that there is a value add to these properties within that uh, 800 meter range and and we're not just talking about residential condos here right this applies to multifamily units this applies to office space this applies to well at least as far as we know it applies to office space oh definitely <laughs> um, <laughs> in maybe normal markets yeah, yeah exactly um you know and in, in office space you know um property actually that's located within 500 meters of a rapid transit location had lower vacancy rates by roughly 34 mm-hmm. percent and a rental premium of upwards of 28 percent that's yeah. the difference yep. being that close mm-hmm. uh, that's the convenience factor exactly I think, right yeah and, and makes sense so when you are shopping you know for that type of property those are the numbers you have to consider, yep. right? Is it uh, is it worth the, the purchase price? Let's say knowing that you're going to receive that much less vacancy, and of course that much of a rental premium. Totally. Um, and then you you can kind of look at some other things here. I mean, the, the data here we've got for multifamily is is staggering. Um, the properties um, fluctuate between twenty seven and ninety nine percent more valuable. Um, sorry, are more valuable if they are within 1,600 meters. Those beyond 1,600 meters do not see anywhere near that kind of gain. Mm-hmm. That's a massive number. I mean, yeah. literally, you could be worth twice as much if you own a multifamily or if you're looking for a multifamily building within that sort of uh, kilometer and a half range. Yeah. Um, it is definitely important to note as well that the greatest premiums are seen within about 400 meters, mm-hmm. right? So if yeah. you are literally, you know, a two-minute walk from a SkyTrain station, your building's worth more. That's just literally the truth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's it's funny when you see a SkyTrain station, it's surrounded by towers. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's kind of obvious, but when you, when you break down the numbers to understand why it's obvious yeah. and how much these kind of returns that uh, developers and builders are seeing, mm-hmm. it, it really kind of makes it clear. And, and investors, those looking for, um, you know, doing pre sales and this is where or, or or a resale but this is where maybe a pre-sale makes a lot of sense this is mm. this kind of data is the kind of data you should be looking at if you're looking at a pre-sale investment because you're going to be looking at not just the the, the tower you want to look at all of the influencing factors how close is that tower not only to just maybe light rapid transit but what about like highway infrastructure mm-hmm. right because that actually has a premium on property as well that's right um, again, you have to be within about that 800 meter sweet spot, yep. but, um, yeah, we see, you know, 10 to 20% bumps, um, for properties that are within 800, meters of, uh, accessibility, right? So for your average, let's say condo, uh, within that, let's say four to 800 meter distance, we've seen, uh, the numbers come back somewhere around four to four and a half percent of, uh, increase in value mm-hmm. to be there. But then there's something really important to notice. Yes, you're paying that four, four to five percent premium to be close to a SkyTrain, for example, talking locally. Mm-hmm. But rents are a little bit different, and this is important for our investors to pay attention to because rents on one beds 
generally get about a 10% premium. Whereas two beds are are averaging a 16% premium in rent to be within 400 meters of a SkyTrain. So they're not all created the same. They're not. So, you know, clearly if you're paying 4% more for a two bed, but your rents are 16% more, that's where you might start to see a better spread and and maybe get a little closer to cash flow if you're uh, you're looking GVRD. I like that. That's uh, Dan's consistent breakdown with numbers. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There is also, yeah, we've also heard the fact that, you know, sometimes... Uh, close can be too close, mm-hmm. you know? So sure. Yeah. A, a two, three minute walk seems to be about the sweet spot, yeah. you know, about 400 meters. But yeah, we've all seen buildings where the, the tower or the building is right beside and a station. No, nah, that doesn't work. And then it kind of works against you, right? Cause like you said, right now you're dealing with, uh, there's, there's noise, there's, there's traffic, there's maybe extra garbage. There's, you well, know, there's all sorts of reasons where it becomes a little bit less desirable to be right on top of a SkyTrain station. I would agree. And I think I've had many clients where we've walked into the perfect unit and then you see a SkyTrain drive right by and you're like, oh, well, not this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that aside, I think that's a good segue to maybe talk about, um, you know, when is it a good time if I'm looking, if I, if I walked into Metro Town right now, would it be a good time to be buying in Metro Town right now with all these dirts in the, or all these shovels in the mm-hmm. ground? Yeah, there's a, yeah, the study does continue. So again, we touched on the speculators, right? Mm-hmm. And they sometimes see the greatest rise, but they also sometimes see, uh, well, abject failure. Right, <laughs> yes. Because yes. let's say, again, let's say a, a proposed line gets kiboshed and suddenly they're out in the boonies with no transit coming that way. Yeah. Might not be uh, the returns they were looking for. Interesting. You know, so generally... It's a. It can be a very good idea to buy once it has city council final approval and funding. But then you have to recognize what happens next is, of course, years of construction. Reality. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think we all have uh, memories of what happened on the Camby Corridor. Yeah, for right? sure. And or just being next to a building that's going up. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's it's annoying. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So you know, let's say you've you've uh, purchased a property. You know, there's a SkyTrain station coming in, and it's within 400 meters of yeah. where you just bought. Right, and you're just going to hold on to this property. Uh, what's interesting is we've seen during construction phase, and and somewhat understandably, you're going to see noise. You're mm-hmm. you're you're going to hear noise. Rather, you're going to have construction. You're going to have dust. You're going to have uh, road closures. That's ultimately turned into uh, as much as a. 10% decrease in valuation right there. Wow. So, But that's a short-term decrease. It is short-term, yeah. but that also equals potentially opportunity. Absolutely. Right? So if yeah. you are, let's say, looking for an investment property and you've, uh, you're 100% certain where the SkyTrain station is going, shovels are in the ground, it's happening, and and prices are taking a bit of a hit because people just, you know, they don't want to be around a couple of years of construction. Well, if you are okay to live through that, yeah. or if you're okay to find a tenant that's maybe currently at a slightly reduced rent, or maybe you get lucky and it's a great rent, Either way, living through that might uh, looks to result in about a 10% lift after that. So mm. from construction, sort of the height of construction to completion, you may see a 10% premium on top of what any kind of um, inflation is happening interesting. locally. I find that interesting because I think at the end of the day, it speaks to having a plan, ultimately, which we preach on, on, on this show. Mm-hmm. It's all about having a plan. Um, you know... Uh, I think as a, a property investor, I often look to new construction and the way I used to justify it, transportation aside was I would look at construction and, and think to myself, well, you know, if developers or a conglomerate of people are going to spend upwards of, you know, a hundred million dollars putting a tower in the ground, 
that's a that's a substantial risk that they're willing to take. What did they know, right? <laughs> yeah. And you know, for a long time, I never had access to any of this information, but I could just see that the and uh, if you follow the construction in many instances, um, there's a reason why that's happening there, right? And uh, it, in, investigate further, I think, because you know, I used to do that. I used to buy around places where the activity was was high, and it, it resulted in in very good gains, mm-hmm. right? Um, I didn't realize at the time that I was basically uh, it was a hope and a prayer, <laughs> ultimately. But um, you know, uh, I think good basics here, because um, you know, you want to follow the development train. Yeah, pun intended. I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, so what's the question here? Where are the opportunities? Well, I mean, it, it is now, I think, common knowledge, and you can Google this as to where the exact stops are going. And yeah, yeah if you want to talk a little bit about the future, where it's going to go next, well, there's a lot of talk, of course, and, and proposals about this going all the way out to UBC. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're buying along the Broadway corridor, a good chance that you're going to ultimately end up within that 400 yep. uh, or 400 to 800 meter range, you know, so there's going to be some uh, opportunity there. It's, um, there's something called the compensation principle, which is interesting too. Uh, and again, this is why we're seeing these 10 to 16% premiums on rent. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's literally because they can afford the higher rent because they're, they're not buying cars. Interesting. They're just steps from transit, right? right? So they're saving money. They don't have their uh, four or $5,000 a month car payment. So they are okay to put that into rents. Yeah. So you're seeing people saving money um, and not spending it on uh, frivolous depreciating assets, even though rent is theoretically depreciating. <laughs> um, but that being said, they have more money to spend on their rent. And, you know, this is not just the case for rent. I mean, before the coronavirus hit just about as convenient as you could be as close as you could possibly be to a downtown train stop apartment buildings and and towers and condos in those areas were rising at dramatically faster rates than the ones that were further away Mm -hmm. um yeah i think we'll see a return to that i don't think that's going to change um too much here um it'll just have to be post-vaccine right yeah i think too if you're an owner right now and you're on the broadway corridor and you've just uh, recognize that there is a station that's going to be built, you know, within let's say 400 meters of yourself, and you're trying to maximize on your property. Yeah, you know, you might want to consider selling prior to construction. Yeah, because you will see uh, a likely a, a dip in your valuation during construction. Uh, conversely, hold on, yeah, hold, go, hold, hold, go the whole way, and then yeah. Uh, yeah, and then of course on the other side of that, when that is worth more, um, it's you're going to see great returns on on your property. Yeah, and I think. Um, the study we're reading from here actually did one on Rideau Station in uh, Montreal. <clears throat> and if you look at some of the statistics here, it's kind of interesting. Um, before uh, they had a, um, a station built, your average city home, I know in, in 2005 and 2007, now brace yourself here, it was $225,000 for a single family home. But 10 years later, after that station had been built, um, Assuming all of the things remained equal, that two hundred twenty-five thousand dollar home was now worth three hundred eighty-six thousand. That's a substantial growth number mm-hmm. when you look at transportation as the deciding factor. That's it. Yeah, right? and, and and prices basically went up from the moment of the announcement mm-hmm. uh, through the planning stage and through uh, approval and, and and funding, and that was basically the height for for this example when it yep. comes to pricing right yep. it took that 10 percent dip during construction yep. uh construction completed it picked up again and then of course people were getting their premium rents and so forth that's right yeah um 
I think that's about it. And what do we talk about now? Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, a bit of insight. You know, I think um, if you did know the exact kind of numbers that you could expect to see from being within that four to eight hundred meter um, walking distance of, uh, of of rapid transit terminal, um, I think that helped provide a bit of intel. And uh, totally. And uh, yeah, thanks so much for listening. Yeah, we'll see you on the next one. That wraps up this edition of the Vancouver Life Podcast. For more information on this podcast and to access a ton of free downloads, investment opportunities, current market info, and homes for sale, you can find it all at www.thevancouverlife.com. Thanks, and we look forward to bringing you more podcasts about Vancouver real estate.